Hey, this is Butch Patrick. That's right, Eddie Munster. And it's almost Halloween. If you're listening to me, you're listening to Canned Air Podcast. Sort of can there your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Collier. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenberg. And welcome <laughs> to our Halloween spectacular <laughs> full of bad voiceovers and whatnot. Uh, good episode for you guys today. I'm excited about this one. Halloween, we always seem to kind of pull it together, don't we? Mm-hmm. One way or another. Every year, I think. And um, this has got to be one of the best guests we've had in a long time. I'm excited. We are welcoming Eddie Munster himself, Butch Patrick, to the episode. Yeah, we're definitely going to have that music in here. That's going to happen. That's so going to happen. But um, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. But before we talk with him, uh, uh, we're going to be first in tradition of Candare Halloween telling ghost stories. And, and, you know, me and Jack have told every story that's ever happened to us not, about <laughs> not that anything's sometimes twice maybe we've told them we might but, have, yeah. um, I don't think there's anything too exciting in that well anymore that well the ideas I was having staying. thrown at me I was like did it yeah look up two cents order stories last year yeah so we're we you know I found something I'm keeping in tradition of uh, movies inspired by true events so I got another movie inspired by a true event and you've got what so the town I live in, Marion, Ohio, has a whole bunch of creepy happenings that are going on. Really? Or that have gone on. or Like notable-like happenings? Yeah, a lot of the stuff that I found, I asked my wife, because she's, she's born and raised there. So she's like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I can't wait. I love that. Kind of, I love that stuff. And even just as exciting as that is Randy's contributions. This being his first Halloween with mm-hmm. Candare. Yeah, yeah. I've got quite a few that uh, I've personally been involved in, a couple that my family has. and I cannot yeah. wait. That's that. <laughs> both of yours I'm excited for. I kind of want to just do mine first and get it out the way. Okay. Right. Go for it. So, I mean... <clears throat> Randy can go back and forth and see who's better. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was a long explanation as to what we're doing here at the top of the episode, but that's what we're doing. And then after that, before we speak with Butch, we're having a taste-off here, a Halloween taste-off with Jack. And I guess myself to some extent, because I've tried Count Chocula, but never Booberry and um, Frankenberry Frank 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 or whatever they are. Yeah, so what what's happened in our Patreon episode, our Patreon Halloween episode, we were watching commercials from, like, uh, after-school cartoons right. from the 90s, and there was, like, a Count Tri... or all three of them all had three, a commercial. Yeah. Monster cereal. And Jack had mentioned he'd never tried them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I think most people who were nostalgic for their childhood and the 80s and shit like that, uh, when Halloween comes around, you gotta get a box of at least one of them, right? Oh, hell yeah. Exactly. 
and I've already got mine, but Jack has never tried them. Any of my cousin, she she loves blueberry. I know that. Right. Team Booberry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we've got all three cereals here. We're going to pour them out. We're going to have a taste off, and we're going to see which of the cereals Jack prefers. And I think we should make it somewhat interesting and just maybe secretly jot down what we think the favorite's going to be, see who wins, just for fun. No, no. So you're not looking forward to know which one I'm eating. I thought that, but then I thought uh, it's going to be pretty fucking obvious which one I'm eating. (laughs) Mm, This tastes like blueberry. It's probably the chocolate one. (laughs) I doubt it. You never know. We don't have a watermelon cereal lying around, do we? Oh, my God, yeah. He's drinking game fuel. might throw my taste buds off. Jack's disdain for the watermelon is entertaining as all hell. <laughs> this is goddamn watermelon, guys. <laughs> all right, but before we get to all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show some support, get some extra content, and have control of the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod for $5 a month. You get everything I just listed and access to the Candare Patreon pod. Two years worth of shows on there released monthly. It's 24 episodes you're going to be getting and counting. So, uh, again, $5 a month. Can't go wrong there. And if you're going to a Wizard Con, Jack, drop that. Austin, Texas, November 8th, 9th, and 10th. Or you can go to Madison this weekend, being Halloween, mm-hmm. the 28th through the 27th through the 28th, I think it is. Yeah, put in uh, Candare as the promo code <laughs> and save 10%. There it is, Jack. We got there, didn't we? I got scared. <laughs> it's a Halloween episode. Yeah. You should be. <laughs> you should be. You should Damn be. well should be. And we forget anything. I don't think so. Mm. Let's kick it off with the very spooky retro round table. It's showtime. Got it, dude. Spared no expense. All right, guys. I'm going to start with mine here. Again, just to kind of get it out of the way. Again, in the past, what I've done is uh like was last year nightmare on elm street i did where we looked at the factual uh how where that came from the story that inspired yes freddy krueger right. and yep. then the horrific <clears throat> things that people like fans did after with like razor gloves and stuff yeah geez. and then the year before that was the like the truth behind the ghostbusters i think I, yeah because dan Aykroyd's book Dan Aykroyd's experience and his father's experience with his great-grandfather, who in, like, the early 1900s, like, did seances and stuff. Whose book was that? Was that his book? That That was his father's book. His father's book, that's right. Yeah, I can't remember his father's first name, but Dad Aykroyd, I was about to say. Aykroyd. Dad Dad Aykroyd. I'm all tongue-tied. But, um... So this year, I I started looking, and I thought, Poltergeist sounds cool. So I started reading Yeah, because I've seen Poltergeist. (laughs) So I started going down this foxhole of information. It was late. And I ended up on the Enfield Poltergeist, which is something that really happened in the 70s. Well-documented case of uh, possession Mm -hmm. and Poltergeist activity. And... um, Turns out, maybe it was somewhat the inspiration for Poltergeist, but I must have got turned somewhere looking at a different movie because this movie is uh, The Conjuring 2. Mm. I've never seen The Conjuring 2. I've seen The Conjuring 1, and I loved that film. I don't typically gravitate to horror, but that one reminded me of like a classic, like a late 70s horror film. Like somebody did their homework on that one, I felt. And so 
you know how horror movies be doing. They just right. run away with sequels all the time. Yeah. Like, Saw 37, <laughs> still killing. Um, <laughs> so whenever the sequels start coming out, I lose interest. It's like Nightmare on Elm Street's amazing. This past that, man, it's a sharp curve it's downhill. It's shock value pretty much once yeah. it gets past three. Dream Warriors. <laughs> what the fuck were Dream they thinking? Dream Warriors. Dokin got paid though, didn't yeah, they? Did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after realizing that this is what inspired the second conjuring, and realizing that it's not a loose inspiration, that was that's not with Annabelle, is it? That's different. No, okay. Yeah. Now Annabelle was from the conjuring. That was Robert the doll that it was kind of taken from. No, no, there wasn't Annabelle. It's like a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, creepy as fuck. Yeah, but um, all Raggedy Ann dolls are creepy well. as fuck. Satan or no in them. They are, <laughs> they are freaky. No, I think Annabelle was like a spinoff, but wasn't like a direct sequel to The Conjuring. Am I right or wrong on that? So I feel like Annabelle was like it, just that was in that guy's personal collection. Yeah. Is that a whole different one? I, I don't know. It might be a whole different one. I can't recall. Anyway, getting off track here. But this movie is is based like to a T on what happened. Okay. Like it is like a di- it might as well be just like a dramatization of the true events. Mm. And at least from what I've taken, I've never seen the movie, but I desperately want to now after researching this thing. And what it was was activity started up in this house that had it was like I believe a mother, a father, I can't remember exactly the family dynamics, but there were three four children, two of which being uh daughters Janet and Margaret who uh, Janet would... um, We'll get to that here in a little bit. I'm jumping the gun. What they started noticing were like Lego bricks and shit would like throw across the room. Mm -hmm. They'd get hit with something from across the room and they keep hearing like knocks on the other side of the wall like that and stuff. Which, you know, like for here, for example, if you go in the bathroom and turn on the hot water, those those pipes start like hitting the wall. So, but, you know, there's a sequence to it. There's a rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. And um, this wasn't that at all. Got to a point where they started uh, to document it, or at least trying to document it. Right. Being the 70s, you know, just flash photography, it's hard to catch a Lego brick brick flying through the air. But um, it got intense. Like, they, they kept bringing in people to research it. And um, the family left for a while, which would seem to anger whatever this entity was, this poltergeist. And um, it was just insane, the stuff that was happening. I can't remember the name of the doctor or the professor or what he was. Got a big handlebar mustache. There's all kinds of documentation of this on YouTube. And most of what I'm telling you, you can go on and watch or listen to. Like, it's recorded. Videos and stuff? Yes. Uh, yes, not yes, not videos of stuff flying that at least I've seen, but definitely videos of the possession. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I guess it was progressively getting worse. It went from Lego bricks, something as small as Lego bricks, to boxes, slippers, furniture levitating through the room. Police officers have been called to the house to on occasion, uh, you know, brought like they didn't know if somebody had broken in or I don't know why they were there exactly, but. The cops witnessed furniture moving and immediately inspected it. There's no way this could be happening. Mm. You know, these knocks that would come on the wall. You'd walk to the wall to put your ear against to hear it. Once you'd get there, it'd be on the knock or the wall across from you. Mm -hmm. You'd walk over there and put your ear against that. It'd be coming in the ceiling above you then, they'd say. 
Um, <clears throat> but some of the freakiest shit is uh, the little girl Janet who would become possessed. And there's I there's so many th- names and terms I should know probably going into full detail on this. But as far as your vocal cords go, you have your vocal box. Right. And then above that, there are these flaps. I don't know exactly how they work, but that you can, or at least some people can jump your voice and talk solely from those flaps. Makes it sound like, like you're talking like through a voice box almost. Like I guess okay. somebody who... You know, like law has to talk through a voice box. Kind of like, like burp talking. Kind of. No, not burp talking, but it is. Well, I just come down like that. Hmm. And talking in that register, talking like that for five minutes can do serious damage to your throat, can really destroy your throat. And this girl would sit there and talk in this uh, dialect for two, three hours at a time oh, and walk away unscathed from it. <clears throat> There's audio of the talking. There's video of it, of her talking mm-hmm. with this voice and it's horrifying, but it identifies itself as Fred. And, uh, when it first started coming around, it would just like bark intensely, like from her. But, you know, when you think of this, you think of like the exorcist and like the, the peeling of the face, the pea soup, uh, vomit yeah. and shit. And it didn't, it wasn't anything like that. At least this case, you know, what else happened? There was, uh, instances. So the doctor sat down with a tape recorder and you can, listen to this on YouTube as well, where he says, okay, we're getting knocks on the wall. Let's see if we can communicate with this thing. He says, I want to communicate with you. If you understand, knock once for yes, two, or excuse me, walk, knock once for no, two for yes. And you immediately hear two knocks. He says, Did you die in this house? How, uh, within the past 50 years? And just he keeps getting these questions and then he uh, answered like immediately. And he finally says, are you just having fun with me? Are you just pulling my chain? Are you just having 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 some fun with me? And when he asked that, a box in in the room flies across the room and hits him. (laughs) Like you hear in this recording, everyone go crazy. Right. Like lose their shit because something just flew across the room. Yeah. but one of the most incredible things, a few of the most incredible things are there was a, a like a, a stove, a fireplace that wasn't being used that was like behind like a bed. Yeah. I believe behind one of the girls' beds. And um, on the front of it was you've seen those like really old stoves that have like the full like cast iron plates on the right. front oh, like yeah. to pull a lever to like open up and mm-hmm. to give air to and to feed. Um had one of those in there and it was actually attached to like attached to like a gas line. Okay. And the guy, the doctor, the professor, I wish I could remember what and who he was, but he was sitting there with this object and he goes, I'm a grown man. I cannot pick this thing up. And he goes, if you look at it, you know, you know, being in the room, he goes, I, th- I think he witnessed it with these girls. This thing started like vibrating in the, in the fireplace yeah. and then just eventually just ripped straight from the wall. It ripped piping, like metal, clean in half. Jesus. Yeah, that's some force. Yeah. Armoires, dressers sliding across the, the, the room toward people and shit. Like, creepy stuff. And um, I guess the most horrifying thing would be that the girl, Janet, the main girl who seemed to be mostly affected, they claimed that both her and her sister Margaret were possessed. But as of the documentation I've seen, it's only been of Janet. And... Um, this girl is picked up. You this. There's only like two snapshots of this where she's levitating. She's picked up out of bed and like 
thrown across the room. (laughs) This is where speculation comes in. Because the pictures, there are two of them. Three of them, maybe. And two of them just look like she's jumping off the bed to me. Yeah. And I can see why they look like anyone else is she jumping off the bed. But there's another one. The third one. She looks like she's almost kind of like vertically planking. Yeah, I've seen it. And that one looks a little unnatural. But you can see one thing for sure in those photographs. It's the horror on her face and the horror on her <laughs> sibling's face is right. in bed next to her. Yeah. That's undeniable. It's, it's hard to fake natural fear like that. Fear, yeah. yeah. They've been, they've, obviously there's been a lot of speculation and people have tried to pick it apart. And so many people have said, um, there's no way these girls could fake this. One, the voice. The knocks in the wall, ripping this. There's no way with all the eyewitness accounts there's been, there's no way these girls could successfully be pulling this off for that right. long. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Fox sisters. Mm-mm. Was that the Salem Witch Trials? No. Late oh. late 19th uh, century, early 20th century. So like okay. ni- 1900s. Okay, okay. Um, you know, the paranormal seances was like a societal thing. Okay. People were getting together. I think that's something we touched on in the other Halloween episode when we talked to Dan Aykroyd and Ghostbusters because that was a big thing of the time. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. socialite thing to do is get together and have seances. And um, during that boom came the Fox sisters who could speak with the dead through a series of knocks mm-hmm. that, that were coming through. And they would tour the world just demonstrating this in front of uh, you know people on stage until one uh, finally years later, one of the uh, sisters came forward and told, you know, it was like, I don't know what it's called. It's like a tap dance kind of a thing where they can wrap their foot a certain way. Like misdirection type. Of. That makes a tapping that looks like their foot's not moving at all. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And that's, so they were making all their own mm-hmm. luck. And you know, they tried to uh, re- retract their confession, <laughs> but obviously it was <laughs> too late. And within yeah. five years of that, they were both dead and died penniless, if I remember correctly. Mm, but sounds about right. Anyway, so there's big speculation around whether or not it was real, and I'm actually going to. Uh, I think I think the listeners need to hear hear some of the talking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to clip that in right here. And do you get the feeling when you hear the voice that there is a person there? Yes. Yeah. And do they tell you much about themselves? Not really. No. They just tend to growl and play around and sort of joke and be silly. I wonder, do you think there's anyone there just now? Yeah, I do. Who's that? What? Who's that, Janet? Pardon? Stuart Sir. Stuart Certain, and he's one of the voices. Yeah. Why do you think he comes and speaks through you? To noise, to annoy us. Does he ever say anything nice? Well, I don't know really. Shall we so try and speak to him? No. We'll see if he'll speak to us. 
Is anybody there? No, no. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? Yeah. Horrifying, right? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. check out more. <laughs> check out more of it uh, on YouTube. The Enfield uh, Poltergeist. It's it's. I watched too much of it last night after I had been here alone, <laughs> and I was like, eh, I'm just gonna go to bed. I think yeah. I'm get a little creepy around here. I was gonna wait to hear knocking on the wall. I certainly didn't turn the hot water on in the bathroom. Yeah. That would have just put me over the edge. So. <laughs> Anyway, that's my offering, and uh, I'm definitely going to be watching The Conjuring 2 before Halloween gets here. Because it's it's supposed to be... Like, the, the scenes from the movie I saw look like the wallpaper, the clothing, everything was oh, wow. like spec. Like, Period. It looks like they're doing it as close to the what actually happened as possible. And what awesome. time frame was that? 70s, I think 74, 75, okay. I want to say. North London it was in. Hmm. So, um, yeah, check it out. Definitely cool. Definitely cool. But now on to the cooler things. <laughs> now, since you guys, how many do you have, Jack? I've got probably about five. Some are shorter than others. Okay. Let's start racquetballing back and forth. Randy, let's start with one yeah. of your uh, one of your. You said your parents had some experiences. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I've got five, and I'll kind of go from le- or least intense to most intense, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It does. Um, so I just want to preference this by saying, you know, I'm sure some of this is might have some logical explanations. I know what I believe, and I know what you know. I don't want to push my beliefs on anybody else, and I'm going to try not to spice the story up or you know over. Um, no, we're going to spice it up. Okay, we're going to spice it up. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, try and give you guys the facts and let you make it. Sure, no, we understand. First one, um, my dad used to work for the Department of Records for the city of Columbus. Okay. Um, and part of that, he had to go down, I think it was in Dayton somewhere, to a old orphanage and that they were keeping records in and tried to just close stuff out, move it back to the main office, whatever. Um, this orphanage was probably 100 years old. Um many deaths in there and he said he vividly on multiple occasions heard people walking from the kitchen to the room he was in and then back out when it was just him in there Mm, that's creepy i see i always wonder how i'd react in that situation because you guys know like when you almost hit a deer or something like that quick sudden initial fear that shoots through you that adrenaline that Mm -hmm. as quick as it comes up it comes down yeah but to be in that situation i can't imagine it going up and staying like peaked like that i'll just i'm sorry i'll give you firsthand experience of how i reacted to something like that (laughs) okay so go ahead jack all right so President Warren G. Harding was from Marion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then not there like a big thing at the cemetery up there? For yeah, yeah, there's a big, big memorial. memorial yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It's real pretty. Well, in his house, apparently, there is a clock that every year on the day he died stops. I think it's at 730. It Just, stops? Yeah, it always stops. And then I believe it's a, a week later, it will start back up again just out of nowhere. <laughs> and I don't know. See, I don't know if it's in the house still if it's always been there or if the house is set up like a, a museum, museum team type thing i'm not sure if it is or not i would feel like people would be gathering to watch that yeah i would and i guess there's also a like a ship in a bottle 
that the sales blow. That's crazy. That seemed to blow a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. This is in that the place tourists can go. I, that's why I, I'm, I didn't look into it enough to to find out if his house is actually a museum. Because I want to say, my wife, she said she's been in there, so I think it's you know been for sale and people rent it now. Mm, I see. But I, yeah, there is that occurrence with a clock. Why would you ever want to rent that fucking house? Why would you mm. ever want to live there? <laughs> it's old as fucking haunted. You know it's going to be haunted. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh no way. But yeah, every year on the day of his death, it stops at seven thirty. And then mm. it starts up about a week later. Creepy. Just out of nowhere. Creepy. The ball's back to you, Randy. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So um, I live in Delaware County, which is just south of where Jack is. Um, and my grandparents live just outside of Delaware, where my mom grew up. The uh, It's on like 12 acres, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really old. There used to be another old house back there. Like a farmhouse kind yeah. of a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My grandpa, grandpa built it. Back early 1900s, I think it was, there was a girl that got thrown from a horse and died Ooh. Uh, in the field close to where my parents are. And if you walk out, or my grandparents live, and if you walk out along the tree line, you can actually see the gravestone marker still there. Um, she buried out there? Yeah, yeah. What? My mom woke up one day when she was, I don't know, like a teenager, I think, and this girl was like standing over her bed looking at her. And just oh, like that, it was gone. Oh, hell no, man. <laughs> no. Has she seen her since? No, and I've stayed out there. It's How does she know it was her? She saw a picture of her. Like oh, dear had, God. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was newspaper clipping or whatever. <clears throat> again, this was something my mom told me. I didn't have direct experience with it. Right. I can say that out on that farm that my grandparents still own, it is creepy as hell at night. And, and that's out there. There's a tombstone out there. Yeah, about... Uh, so if you're at my grandparents, it's probably like... A half acre to an acre away on the wood line. There's just a little stone and has her name and everything on it. And what 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 year did she die? Early 1900s, I think like 1910 or 15. Oh my or god, that's even worse. <laughs> so she's like looking old as shit, like in like time, like period clothing. Yeah, well, it's a little you. girl. I mean, it's not like oh, yeah. it doesn't matter, Randy. That's horrifying. <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> oh my god. I wonder why she was standing over her. I I don't know. I my mom used to ride horses a lot, or have horses there, and used to ride a lot. So I don't know if that was a connection or something. Wow, or... hell to the no! <laughs> you like riding horses too? <laughs> oh my god! Come ride with us, yeah. Randy. <laughs> <clears throat> Jack, what we got? All right. So the Marion Cemetery. There is a monument that is. It's kind of like a, uh, kind of, it's looks like very a, phallic by the hand gestures you're yeah. making. <laughs> it's, it's kind of pillar shaped and on the top is a ball. <laughs> it just keeps getting Sorry. better. There you go. <laughs> and for some reason that I guess it's said that science could say how it, this happens, though nobody believes it, that. The ball turns, it shifts maybe a couple of inch or so like that constantly, and it's not made to move. What? How could that and happen? And they say that it's a restless spirit comes up and moves it. What? But yeah. I'm going to play with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a ball. I mean. But yeah, it's like, say this pop can, it's got like a, a, if you put a bowling ball on top of it, the proportions might be off. But and yeah. how, how tall is this ball off the ground? I think it's probably about five foot tall. 
Oh. The, the, so it's like an eye level. You can go up and touch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like the sun sphere or some shit, like no, the world no, no, sphere. No, like, no. <laughs> no, it's actually... The water tower moved. Yeah, but I guess you you can try to turn it and it doesn't turn. And it's not made to turn, but... Well, couldn't they just easily prove that by putting a mark on it and... I think they have. That's a thing. But they... Sign, they say science could figure it out. I don't know if anyone's tried to prove it or not. Hmm. But yeah. Science could figure it out, but science was like, meh, I'd rather not. Yeah, I'm not Let's do believe in spirits. <laughs> <laughs> and then right across Good the street. Good on you, science. Right across the street at another cemetery, there's a Catholic cemetery across the street, and there's a, a statue that looks over a couple of graves that the eyes are said to glow every once in a while. Glow? Yeah. Man. This isn't bullshit. My wife knows all these stories. So. <laughs> That'd be creepy. So if, I was sitting there telling her about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's seen it, but she knows about it. I I, I would certainly, yeah, I'd take it probably closer to heart had she seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jack and I need to do some Scooby-Doo action up in Marion one Yeah, day. really. I would do it. I'll do that. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, me and some friends, I think maybe I talked about this on a past episode. We went out to like an old cemetery, like one, two o'clock in the morning. Video cameras, just, you know, nothing happened, obviously, but. We see orbs everywhere. Mm. I don't think I told this part on the first t- episode that I, we told our ghost stories. I told the story about seeing the big spot in the road mm, when I was out on pizza yeah. delivery and yep. how creepy that shit was. So. That night we went to the cemetery and nothing happened. I was like, I know somewhere we can go that had some creepy shit happen. And me and my friend went and parked our car at that spot where I had seen that red spot. And we got out of the car and started filming stuff and saying, is anyone there? And shit, you know, mind you, this is like (laughs) when all that shit first started coming out and everybody was, all that stuff was new. Well, not even Blair Witch. It was after that. I'm just talking like fear, like on MTV and all those kind of shows. But um, one thing is we, that battery on that camera was brand new. The camera was new and was fully charged and it drained in like five minutes while we were there. Just straight down. That'll do it. So I was like, that's weird. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's strange. We should go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all. That was my tangent. I'm sorry. Back to you, Ryan. So these next three that personally involve me, I'm just going to go in order from when I was youngest to oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one, when I was about seven years old, I lived in the apartment complex with my parents obviously over by the Delaware fairgrounds okay um are you guys familiar with the area no okay Mm -hmm. well it's irrelevant so right before scott was born so i was like six seven um my bedroom was upstairs across the hall from my parents and between my parents bedroom and my bedroom were the stairs that led downstairs to the the main level of the apartment so like like both doors were at the top landing of the stairs you mean correct yeah facing each other okay Oh, so, that's creepy already, man. <laughs> that's already creepy. So I woke up in the middle of the night, and I remember this very vividly like it was yesterday. So I know I wasn't dreaming, because um, I woke my parents up at the end of it. But I got up to, I don't know why I woke up, but I got up, walked down the hallway, and I just happened to look down the stairs, and I thought I saw my mom downstairs. And the whole house is dark. So I start walking down the steps, and I thought she started walking up the steps, and the closer I get, the more I realized it wasn't my mom, and I just walked through her. Or what I, it. I walked through it. 
What? Yeah, and I just, I freaked, ran and woke my parents up, and yeah, it was just... So did she start out transparent? Like, or, I mean, were you just groggy and didn't notice? I think it was a little bit of both. It was... Could you see through her at any point? When I got close to her, yes. Were you slimed? <laughs> no, I was not slimed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know how close it was to that time period, but I do remember, like, another morning I was eating breakfast, mm-hmm. um... And sitting there, and we had like one of those big, like, overhead lights that had like the different bulbs pointing different directions. Like, most. yeah, that you could like position, like the can lights you can move around. Yeah, the, well, like, the one like a dining exterior can lights. Like, the can, I guess when you say can lights, that means like recessed in the ceiling. No, they're yeah. like the ones that are like spotlights you can move around. Right, right, right. Track lighting. Yeah, right. Thank next you. To, track lighting. Yeah, something like that next to our, our God damn, spent the whole episode trying to get to track lighting. There we go. <laughs> Continue. Anyway, it was right over our. Dining room table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just finished up breakfast and like went off to watch TV or whatever. It's like a Saturday morning. And the bulb. No. Oh, go ahead. Uh, this wasn't in the same building as the last occurrence. This is in the same apartment. Same apartment. Yeah, okay. just different different day. I don't know. I can't remember how close it was. The bulb that was directly facing me exploded and like burned a big hole in the chair. Jesus. Just completely random. Again, I don't know if that was paranormal or if that was just. But it was literally like two minutes after I got up. That's nuts. Yeah. So again, I was, how could it burn a hole in the chair? Uh, yeah, really. Maybe just like the hot on, piece of glass maybe probably, fell. In. And there's That's probably, probably some was. logical reason to that, at least. Um, it, it's kind of funny because I was trying to call my mom before I made it out here tonight to see if she, because I don't think I've ever had the conversation of, hey, did you or dad notice anything going on? Um, or I don't know if you should have that conversation. I, I, I plan to. <laughs> but, you should, uh, because you would probably be surprised what you'd hear back. Yeah. So I just I never have. But I vividly remember that walking through that apparition that night. And you've got more stuff on that list. Yes. Better than that. That's pretty Par. good. Yeah. Par. That's pretty good. I can't imagine walking down someone coming up and then. Yeah, passing that. So when you noticed it wasn't your mother then, did you take notice as to what she looked like or anything? It happened so fast, man. I just, it was dark. And And after you went through her, she was gone? Yeah. Just like it wasn't even there. Like it was... Was she making noise? No. It was, everything was dead silent. Just the feet, the sound of your feet creaking on the steps? Well, it was carpeted steps. Ah. So it was like one of those steps where it like the, the old school apartments where like it was open on the under underside. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yes. Man, creaky stairs too. No, uh, it was. No, those typically. don't usually creak. No, those were just carpeted. Oh, the, oh, the open I see ones. what you're no. saying. Like our basements. St- <clears throat> I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. I, th- for some reason, when I think of old stairs, I think of the ones that have like the overhanging lip, you know, oh, and then, like yeah. sometimes carpeted down the center mm-hmm. so you could sweep yeah, it like, to the sides yeah, and down. The one at my house that we'll get to later. <laughs> oh my God. If you say that this is happening in your house, dude. Oh, well, go ahead, Jack. So, you know where the OSU uh, campus is in mm-hmm. Marion? Yeah. Right well, off 95. Yep. And then across the street from there is the, the dorms. Yes. Well, over there used to be the East Lawn Manor Nursing Home. And, oh, God. And <laughs> nursing home. Yeah. The footsteps of a mentally ill lady who died in the building was always heard around the midnight shift, shuffling around through the, the hallways, and every once in a while seen walking up to a door and then walking through it. Oh, my God. And a lot of the people that were bedridden, they'd, they said a lot of times it happened that the, a door would just randomly close. <laughs> but then they demolished it 
for the road to go right in there and put the dorms up in 2005. <laughs> so imagine those poor OSU students there probably getting haunted by that little old lady. I, you say it's a new building, though? Uh, well, they just built uh, OSU dorms in that area. But, but they not, tore down the building that yeah, she was in. That yeah. she had. So it makes... I mean, yeah, I wonder that if a building is built in that same spot, if she would then haunt that building or if she leaves with the former building that she yeah, possessed. Peculiar. Just depends on what she's tied to. Yeah. Question we can't answer here, <laughs> surely. <laughs> uh, how about uh, the mall in Marion is supposed to be haunted? <laughs> By what? The three people that are actually there? <laughs> some <laughs> shoe stores? <laughs> yeah. I guess some, some little girl carrying a Raggedy Ann doll was, I guess, abducted from that place. Oh, no shit. And there's... Raggedy Ann. Yeah. And it never ends well with Raggedy Ann. I guess she'll show up and ask you if she's seen some guy with a beard. And that's apparently the guy that took her. But there, she was never found again. I know a guy that runs, that has a... a food stall in there. I'm going to have to go ask him about that. Is there a food stall? There's nothing in that place anymore. <laughs> Fuck's eating yes. in a haunted mall, man. It, I don't want to throw it out there and just in case anybody comes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that by process of elimination, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I even asked the wife about that one and she was like, what? You know, I think I might have heard something, but it was built on top of a cemetery. Mm, that I believe. The mall. Um, my friend, this isn't my ghost stories, but one of my uh, dear friends, she, you know, we grew up uh, in West Liberty, a very small town I've described several times on the show. At one point back um, in the day, late 1800s, I believe, there was an orphanage or two in town. And um, one of the houses that she and her family grew, she and her sisters grew up in was one of these said orphanages. And I guess her parents would um, see kids like you know the way the living room was set up like the the chair was facing the television and off to like the right was the the bottom of the stairs if i remember correctly so right. out the his the corner of like the dad's eyes would see the kid come down run into the kitchen or something get up thinking wow the girls what are you doing up nobody had gotten out of bed out of the corner mm-hmm. of his eye or whatever and that she said that she had felt hands grab her feet under mm-hmm. the bed sheets at night and shit pulling on the sheets and like There'd be no way, man. Nope, There'd yeah. be no way. It would happen once, and I would be like, That's, I was we're just going to say that. Yeah, we one are time. moving. Yep. That's it. That's it. Oh, I, I, I'd sleep at the YMCA. I don't <laughs> care, dude. As long as it's not haunted, I'm good. But, man. There's supposed to be haunted stuff at the YMCA in Marion, too. I don't think oh, it's the God, new one. Oh, God. I'm not even safe at the, the old YMCA. one. Yeah. I, I don't remember what it was, but there was something that. That old one there. is a creepy building, though. I the one bet, that's I'm middle sure. downtown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. Ugh. Next. Okay. All right. <laughs> is, this, so, is this the the big one? There's two. All so right. This is kind of big. It's not really ghost related. Our semi finalists. Let's hear yes, it. All right. So my buddy owns, uh, growing up, my best friend, his parents own quite a bit of acreage outside of Delaware and Kilbourne. The way his parents' house is set up, kind of towards the east, is like a wildlife reserve. Mm-hmm. The far back of the property, it's real linear, like rectangular. Okay. His property's laid out. There's like a pond in the back, and then he has a barn, and then the house. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, the west, there's always like these big cornfields, and there's a huge... <laughs> you you don't have to go any farther. You are just lacing this with like the most... 
horrific descriptions. There were two doors across from each other over a pit of lava. There's there's a five foot fence around it to keep like the farm animals and stuff out of the Sure. Corner. And it runs straight along the property line and then out like a hundred feet uh, perpendicular to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so God damn it. <laughs> Go ahead. With the, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just you, you're priming me okay. to be scared to ever go back home of where the <laughs> cornfields are. The house is creepy as fuck at night because his parents just have one security light on the front of the garage that reaches out like five feet. This is the Mel so. Gibson movie Signs. Yeah. This is what this yeah. is. <laughs> anyway, so I was in middle school. My buddy and I were out. I was staying the night at his place. We were out screwing around in the pond like middle school boys do you know skipping stones catching frogs all Skinny that shit dipping yeah, well you know, <laughs> touching <laughs> <laughs> well there goes that horror movie thanks guys <laughs> anyway it is horrific so it's it's getting dusk out and we're walking back from from the pond and we hear rustling the corn and didn't think anything of it because generally like he has a dog he has other stuff mm-hmm. that's out and about so we'd walk a little bit, and we'd hear it following us, and we'd stop, and it would stop. Rustling in the corn. Like the corn moving. Jesus Christ. That's what it was, the corn. The corn was following you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Twas the wind. No. Um, so after a few times of this, we got freaked, and we just started booking it to the house. I don't blame you one bit. No. So we, we get to his house, and I mean, we're running our fucking asses off Mm -hmm. get in through his garage and his garage door is one of those old steel heavy as fuck garage doors that you had to like put your ass into yeah we get in there we get it shut and like start going into the house and something hit the garage door and started shaking it and i mean like hit it with force like it shook in the casement and then just started like shaking the fuck out of it not like a dog like would have been chasing us i mean like a person yeah like something big like were you guys trespassing? No. In any probably, way, shape, or form? No. No, and there wasn't... I mean, there's cornfields all around. So there's somebody like, that you knew could have been fucking with you? I, I'm not saying there couldn't be, like but Like a his, quirky Uncle Ray or something? going to come or? through the other side of a cornfield to go scare some kid. Well, I guess some quirky Me? Uncle Ray. I've done, done, yeah, I've done it. I, I, I've done it. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying it could have been something like that. I just know all... That's horrifying. His, his, his mom, dad, and little sister were in the house. So I know it wasn't them, and I don't know anybody around there that he was really related to or would have like known us at the time to like mess with us um so we like go running in and tell his mom and his mom's like yeah whatever you guys are just being freaks you just leave me alone that's freaky <laughs> it gets better though um, oh it's not over there's, this is the funny part of the whole thing um they have a big picture window looking out at the pond and everything like a big bay window so us and our infinite wisdom just kind of go sleek into the door and they had a hummingbird feeder right at the front of the door or, the, excuse me, the front of the bay window. And just as we get up there, a fucking hummingbird comes, like, <laughs> right at the door. And we fucking jump back and, like, freak the fuck out. And today, like, we were, like, fucking hummingbirds. But you never discovered what it we was? never found out what it was. Oh, uh, I'd have been out there the next morning looking for tracks or something. I mean, we were, like, 10 and 11. I mean, sure. we didn't... You were novice. I understand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I don't think it was a person was whoever, if it was a person in the cornfield, they would have had to, like, booked it at an un- ungodly speed because they couldn't have jumped that that fence it was bar- a five foot barbed wire fence oh wow they would have had to like I booked see. and then booked a hundred feet or so in parallel to the house so and then back hear. so we would have been like long gone in the house by that time any children buried on the premise 
Not that I, not that I know. Of. Maybe some <laughs> American Indians. Whew. I, I mean, if I ever had a personal encounter with Bigfoot, I would say that'd be the closest thing. <laughs> I mean, just the speed it would take to get from. I don't know. He's he's hurdling a five foot barbed wire fence, <laughs> yeah, right? Shit. Yeah. Well, and again, this isn't my story, but my buddy has always told me that he's always heard weird shit at his parents' house. Like he hears like bobcats and cougars yell. The fuck? I don't know. It's next to a wildlife preserve. Who knows? Oh, well, I mean, that's the explanation. Yeah, well, it's not like a preserve. It's just like protected. Like nobody can go in there, essentially. Sure. So I don't know. And bobcats are in the area. It's not impossible. Mountain lions, though, aren't are they? No, not necessarily, not so but bobcats much, are. Yeah. So it could have been something like that. I just know it scared the living shit out of us. And I can talk to him today and we, like, wow. yeah, <laughs> still freaks us out. Kind of freaks me out. <laughs> Jack, what you got? Freaks me out. They were touching peepees out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's called sword fighting, Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's getting worse. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Marion Country Club. A 19-year-old girl named Annette that was a secretary there was raped and murdered by what they believe was the cook of the country club. Circa? Uh, 1980. 1980. Okay. Uh, he was never charged for the crime. He ended up going to jail later on for some uh, some other reason. But they ended up finding her body in the Olentangy River. Oh, no shit. And she walks around the country club every once in a while. She's been seen a few times. That's really? Crazy. And this story has been documented on Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, And America's Most Wanted. So. Nice. This is a true story. I mean, <laughs> this cornfield chasing stuff. <laughs> Phony shit. Yeah. Man, Unsolved Mysteries. That theme song just primed your ass to be scared, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. it, it just was, got you ready. That or that was, In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Who hosted Unsolved Mysteries? Robert Stack. That's it. That's right. Walsh did America's Most Wanted. Yes. Gotcha. All right. And still doing it today. Is he really? Is that yes, still on? That's still on. Believe what channel is that on? True TV, I think now. Oh wow! What yeah. unsolved mysteries? Yeah, no, uh, America's Most Wanted. Oh okay. Yeah, he's still plugging away at that. Well, good for him. Yeah. All right, Randy. Okay. Here we doozy. are, the centerpiece of the ghost stories, oh. the true ghost stories. I don't know if I'd put it up on that pedestal, but this is definitely the most recent stuff that's happened to me. The recent so, is how recent? Like, what's yeah. happened last night? Couple, within a couple, couple I years. made this up before. In your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so the house I currently live in in downtown Delaware was built in the 1850s. And I, if I just might say really quick, I've been over once. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned to you before you even mentioned to me, I said, dude, this place is old as fuck. Like, it looks old. You ever, are you haunted? And like, you just kind of made a face at me like... <laughs> I'll tell you later or something. Yeah. So um, I had going over. I don't think I will be after this. So I had the the fortune of meeting the grandson of the guy that built it, who also lived there, who's like my grandfather's age now. Okay. His mother died in the, in my house. Okay. Um, and you know, hundred year old house. So let me start this over by saying you guys were asking like how you would respond in like weird paranormal situations. After everything I just told you, this is how I currently respond. I try and like, oh, it's just an old house. Oh, it's the fucking cats. Oh, it's whatever, whatever. That's what I do with most stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, me being probably one of the better believers that I know of, like, that's my first reaction is just to dismiss it. Mm-hmm. So stuff we've got going on is 
we'll have doors randomly open. Like my wife and son were in the bathroom, like she was giving him a bath or something and in our bathroom and the door just opened. Mm. Um, I've been home by myself and heard somebody walking up my stairs up to my office, which is right at the top of the stairs, totally expecting it to be my wife. Like I literally look over like, Hey, what's nobody, nobody there. there. Yeah. Um, We used to have a baby monitor. <laughs> Bye. I'd be waving from the fucking U-Haul passenger window. None of this stuff has ever been malicious. And he all the same, Randy, all the same. <laughs> Jeremy's out. When Bren was little, my my oldest son, he um we'd have monitors on and we'd hear Oh god. We would hear feedback that sounded like people talking at each other. And I would just be and Julie, my wife will totally back me up on this. I would be the first one I'm like, "Oh, we're just it's a Cheap piece of shit monitor. We're just picking up somebody else. In the That's exactly what I think. Yeah, they pick up cell phone CBs signals. going by or, or, or semi trucks on CB. But it videos. would literally sound like a distorted, like Charlie Brown, like won't, 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 and just like a lower pitch and a higher pitch, like going back and forth. Mm. But the weird thing was, I would go down and check it out, and it would stop. Mm. That mm, I can probably explain that one a little bit. Like I think maybe I've mentioned on the show. I know I've talked to you before about it. Me and my friends would play guitar. Okay, we were I in know a band. exactly what I talk about. We would um, when we take a five minute break. We put our instruments up on the uh, against our and amplifiers left on, and we were only down the street from a radio station. And when we would walk away from them they would start picking up the radio station. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. And depending on where your amp was, yeah, it would come through, you know, barely okay. obtainable. And as you, like, walked up to it, it would yeah. phase in and out. So I, I, that I can see. Okay, that, and that's totally fair. I can see both sides being creeped out and what it actually could be, but I would I would probably... Well, the only reason I wouldn't dismiss it so easily is if the, people are walking up and down the stairs that aren't actually... Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. And that's just not like one creak. Like, it's literally like. Yeah, like yeah. it's full on somebody's coming. Right, like weight behind yeah. it. Um, we have animals. We have cats and dogs. And they're all the time, like, looking at something, like, up in the something ceiling, up in the wall, man. and falling shit. Um, my wife, when Bren was a little bit older, out of the corner of her, I saw, like, a like a blue outline of somebody, like, walk by in mm. one of the rooms trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's the biggest thing. Oh, my son would always wake up for the longest time exactly at 3 a.m. every morning screaming and crying. Really? Like, on the dot. Like, you could set, like, a timer to it. Wow. And then when he got a little older, he said there was a man in a tall hat that was looking at him. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Needless to say, I smudged the house, and we haven't really had much... How do you smudge a house? So there's a smudge stick, which is white sage, which is supposed to, in the spiritual sense, like, cleanse the place and stuff like that so you just basically light it walk around the house and say like the lord's prayer and some stuff it's I don't, i've always kind of been interested in the paranormal so you pick sure. stuff like that up who's to say if it works we just haven't noticed anything since yeah how long what, how what was your last occurrence that's probably been about three years ago i mean we haven't had anything since my daughter's been born and that was before the saging or yeah. the, 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 the it snuffing? was after so. after well, we haven't had anything since the saging. So my daughter's been... I saged, and then my daughter was born a couple years later. I see. Mm. So we haven't had anything in that span of time. Again, even when it was going on, there was never anything really malicious about it. It was never, like, poltergeist activity. It was yeah. just weird. I'm sure there's a lot more that I could attribute to just, quote-unquote, being an old house. But it's just... 
you know, <laughs> you get numb to it after a while, you know? You know, I've heard people say that, and, and not other people I know that have haunted house, but I like to listen to, uh, like, podcasts and see stuff like firsthand accounts of people who've gone through shit like you're, that you've gone through. And, um, yeah, the ability, one, to say, or just to be able to live with it, is beyond my rash of thought, like, my rationality of thought. Like, I, I'm like, why wouldn't you be gone? Immediately fucking gone. Then I'm not saying I'm not asking you that question. I'm just right. saying in general that's what I ask. But then you also see people, and I think you said that you can do this, is who just explain it off. You see something, you hear something, and it's obviously not the cat. But right. you can be like the cat and walk away and put it out of mind. Right. I do not get that. I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> and I don't know if I, I don't know either. And it's just. It, I'm but you're man. not alone. Like, a lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot of people say that. I'm a man of science. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not a man of science, but I mean, I, I, that's the side I guess I would fall on more is like, I just... Creaks and stuff, I can I could brush off easily. To see something, a door open and close, that's different. And That's different. Cupboards opening and closes. I wouldn't forget something that. Something for moving a, across the countertop. Just stuff moving in general now. Yeah, I but. would never be at ease in my home again. <clears throat> never. And I can honestly say, like, I, I've never not. I never get a bad vibe at my house. Never since. It's just. And I don't know. You know, I admire that because I mean, this. I'm just being a big pussy, apparently. <laughs> and, but I just want nothing to do with that. Like I, I'm thinking about you know, like when it time comes time to get a house, like I don't want anything that remotely old. I want something fairly new. It's got to be fairly new. Yeah, I mean, big pussy cows. <laughs> yeah. Now, all that being said, like I haven't had anything like fly off the walls thrown at me, like you know, anything like very directed at me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think my outlook would probably change a little bit mm-hmm. had that happened. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, who's to say if this stuff even really exists? But man, there's a lot of accounts and shit. I mean, the shit you're telling me today, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's probably a logical explanation to most of the stuff, like with the monitors you guys just told me. But the door opening against the way it would normally open, like mm-hmm. my bathroom door doesn't stay shut. Like you have to like swing it open. Right. Yeah. It doesn't just unlatch and just creak open against the way it naturally would close. It's like my bathroom. When the air conditioner or heater comes on, it it will easily blow closed, but it won't ever just go open. Yeah, right. Your, your doors are hollow core, right? Yeah. Mine are like solid oaks. So yeah, that's like, a yeah. <laughs> That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Stairs one. That's that's probably, the, that's probably your best one. And that was... And I literally just sat there. Like, I called my wife. I'm like, are you home? She's like, no, I'm halfway between work. And- Not even that. I'm talking the one where you walk through oh, the entity. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I can't explain that away. That, that's still horrifying, <laughs> though. Like, in, that's a perfect example. If I was sitting, because the way you're just, that room is, when you go up your stairs where you would be sitting at your desk, your back's to the stairwell, right? Correct. You have to turn fully around to see who's coming. Correct. So to hear that and then to- turn fully around and see nothing and just be like, it was the cat like nah it wasn't the cat it's warm outside the house is expanding that's that's my go-to dude multiple times how did you how did you do like well you just said you called your wife yeah i called my wife and i literally sat there and like second guessed myself i'm like did i really hear that like 
you know, was it? I can see that. Maybe just like muscle memory of the mind kind of thing. Like maybe that's something you would be hearing typically yeah. around that time of day. I've always been into this stuff, obviously, since I was a kid and mm-hmm. I had that experience. So I guess kind of where I come from is because I like, I like it. Like, am I, I like, can see why you would be into it <laughs> because, oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe you're into it because of all the shit that's actually happening. Well, <laughs> potentially, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just my gut reaction isn't like freak out or now. Granted, if I saw an apparition now, that'd probably be a different story. But mm-hmm. you just I don't know. I'd, I'd need to change pants. <laughs> I would. So that's my contribution to. They the, were good. They were very yeah, good. Were. Yeah, I enjoyed everything brought to the table. I don't. I've. I've I guess mine was long winded, but oh, it was all at once. You guys, I, I felt like I didn't have enough, but I guess I had comparable, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Was all right. Cool. On to the taste off. Oh boy. On to the taste off. All right. So to remind everybody, <clears throat> uh, like I said at the top of the episode, in our uh, in our Patreon. Halloween episode for this month. We were watching commercials from the 90s, Halloween themed that you'd find in like your after school cartoons. And a uh, the Boo Berry, Count Chocula, Frankenberry commercial came on, and Jack had mentioned he'd never tasted them, and it just blew me and Randy out of our minds. Yes, Frankenberry. Yeah, so we decided that the Halloween episode would be a great place to do a taste off. For Jack and um, I guess me and Randy are just 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 for sport fun, just going to guess secretly. We'll, we'll write down what we think will be Jack's favorite, and then uh, and then hope we win. I guess. Yeah. Right. I think I mentioned what I think my favorite would be. If you guys remember, I do. I do. Doesn't mean it will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we uh, throw a poll up on Facebook just to get everybody else's idea of what their favorite is? I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Facebook and Twitter. All yeah. right, so you've already poured some booberry there, right? Uh, yes. Okay, we're going to pour some chocolate it here. It doesn't look very blue. It looks kind of black. Before you double dip, too, I'm going to try some of this frankenberry and uh, booberry. I've never tried those either. <laughs> you can help yourself. I'm not going to eat all of it. <laughs> oh, you That's done that Wow, that is some pink cereal, this frankenberry, isn't it? Oh, yes. Frankenberry stool. That's Fruit Loops. It's just like Fruit Loop stuff. Get some pictures here. All right, let's get this milk applied here. Get this open. <clears throat> right. am I, sorry, am I videoing this or no? Yes. Go ahead and get the video going, Randy. Sorry, I'm going to sit back up. Yeah. A little bit of milk will be applied. And as you try these, Jack, I'm going to be trying uh, all of them except for the chocolate one myself. Just because I've never tried them either. I've never tried the booberry or the frankenberry. Who should I start with? That's up to you. But um, before you do, Randy, take oh, yeah. a card there and place your votes. Place your bets. I should have started recording. Oh shit! Hello. <clears throat> Write down what you think. And do which one I hate. Watermelon. <laughs> Dude, if I ever find a watermelon cereal, <laughs> you know I'm fucking... Oh, I can't even imagine watermelon with milk. That just sounds horrible. All That's right. Jack's nightmare. Watermelon! I put down what he will love and what he will hate. I just put down what he'll like. All right. I'll pick the first one to my right, which is booberry. Oh, I put a spoon. Okay, I'm just going to take this spoon. I'll just use the same spoon. Get that chewing in on the mic. We need the full-on cereal effect. Don't fucking taste like blueberry for shit. 
talking, my blueberry asshole. <laughs> doesn't taste like blueberry at all. What does it taste like? It tastes. I can't put my finger on it. Are you getting like subtle notes of something? Did you put your balls in the box before you? Got <laughs> well, you know, I had to get them over. Taste any ball. vinegar in there, Jack? It's like ugh, it, it tastes like a cereal I remember eating as a kid, but I can't think of what it is. I want to say does. it's like Captain Crunch, but I'm not like regular oh, Captain Crunch. Oh, uh, Crunch Berries. Yeah, it tastes yeah, like Crunch yeah, Berries. Actually, yeah. <clears throat> but that's a good thing. Doesn't taste like blueberry though. That's for sure. <laughs> there is no blueberry flavor in there at all. Okay, Jack's going in for the Count Chocula now. While I get myself a spoonful of. Frankenberry. Mm. It's pretty close to uh, Cocoa Krispies or Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that stands to reason because it pretty much is. <laughs> yeah, with marsh- marshmallows. marshmallows. And now the Frankenberry. <laughs> it doesn't taste like berry. I guess it tastes like strawberry a little bit. All right, Jack. I what definitely have a winner. Do you? Yeah. I got to tell you before you say your winner that the one I'm liking the most is definitely the one I didn't think I would like the most. Right? Go ahead, Jack. What's your favorite? Count Chocula. Oh, shit, son! That is definitely. I picked that one before weird. the other two. You know what? I, I voted um, that you would love Booberry, actually, just because... I thought I would, too. You, that's exactly what you were saying and on the episode, and I knew yeah. that's what you were going, and I put you would hate Frankenberry. Oh, I, you put Frankenberry I just thought you, you were Count Chocula, I was Booberry. It would probably stand a reason he'd probably be the third, but... I've got to say, that Frankenberry tastes amazing. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> no, Holy I, shit. I super enjoyed... Count Chocula way more than the other two. Okay. Do you mind if I consume more of that box? Dude, have the box. I think I might. Thank you. You're welcome. Damn, that tasted good. Hey, you know what? You know what? Here. Jeremy gets the Frankenberry. Jack gets the Count Chocula. Oh, thanks, man. And I'm going to take my booberry. Oh, yes. Fuck y'all. I'll leave a winner. Everybody everybody got what they wanted. (laughs) Man, this is the Halloween that just keeps on giving, isn't it? I'd say booberry is the least favorite. That's surprising. Oh. It doesn't taste like anything. Actually, least, it's not because I'm I'm still overwhelmed by how good Frankenberry, Frankenberry is. Frankenberry has flavor to it, but mm-hmm. I like the chocolate way better. But yeah, yeah Booberry has. All right, no that's why Count Chocula gets the majority of the end cap at the store. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that's why, gentlemen. That's why. Uh, I just wish they still had the other two around to add to it, but maybe next year. No. No. no, it's not. They're not coming back. They're the, gone. The roof of my mouth is almost raw now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if they brought them back in like the way they brought back like Mountain Dew throwback and stuff. Yeah, they did whatever. that a couple years ago. Oh, did they with mm-hmm. the cereals? Yeah, yeah. With uh, maybe you told me that. Yeah, with the fruit brute and the yummy mummy. You did say that. Yeah. You did mm. say that. My bad. Here good. I am being a smug bastard. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Take my blueberry and farts. go cry in the corner. Well, as we sit here and get the taste of cereal out of my mouth, let's <laughs> turn over to an interview that uh, Randy was able to snag here at the last minute to get arranged uh, for me to talk with Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster of the Munsters. And man, that was really cool to do. I didn't get to talk long with him. He was busy. He was in a hurry. Couldn't stay very long. But hey, I get it, man. You got stuff to do. You got to go. But uh, yeah, I got to talk to him for about, like I said, uh, 15 minutes or so. Turned out a really good episode, good interview. So I hope you guys like it. And without any further ado, here he is, Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster from the Munsters. Mm-hmm. 
Butch, I want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me tonight. It's quite an honor to have you on our uh, Halloween show. Thank you. Kind of, you know, my kind of time of year. I, I was just going to say, uh, this time of year has to keep you pretty darn busy, right? Yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, I'm busy most of the time, but I really enjoy Halloween. So, yeah, Eddie Munster, first family of fright with the Munsters. It's a good fit. Right, right. I was looking on your uh, Munsters.com webpage there, and it looks like you are pretty booked uh, for the next three to four months. You know, it's been that way ever since I got married. Leela, my wife, has, uh, has turned into be quite the little booking agent. That's a good thing to have, isn't it? Yes, it is. She does a lot of a lot of stuff, and we travel together. She does the booking. I do the driving. And uh, in between the two of us, we have a, a very good uh, merchandise table going as well. So everybody's happy. Teamwork makes the dream work, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, let's really quick touch on uh, how you got into acting. Because when I think of uh, Eddie Munster, I would almost think that to be your first role. But that certainly was not the case. No, I um I actually stumbled into the acting business when I was seven years old. I went for a ride with my mom and my little sister, who was actually the focus of uh, the photographer's attention. And after he was done shooting her, he looked over at me and he said, do you mind if I take a couple pictures of your son? He's got a, a look about him that I would like to, 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 to shoot. And he took one of those pictures and put it on display in his uh, in his photography studio up on Hollywood Boulevard, where a producer and a director looked at the picture and asked to um, – to find me, and he then said, "Well, he's not an actor." And they go, "Well, you know, can we reach him anyway? We would like to talk to him about, you know, his parents, about maybe the possibility of him uh, being in a movie we're doing." So they tracked me down. I went on an interview, and they li- they wound up liking me enough to give me a shot at my uh, my first role, which turned out to be a, a nice little B movie with six weeks of work uh, with uh, Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt and Brenda Lee and Soupy Sale. So a very wow. good little starter movie. I would say so. So as far as the monsters goes, then you were you were picked out of what five hundred different applicants. You know what happened was they had done, they had already cast the show, having looked at hundreds of people, no doubt about it. Right. The networks, when they saw the pilot that the producers submitted, they weren't happy with the mom and they weren't happy with the kid. They liked uh, Herman and Lily. I'm excuse me, Herman, Grandpa, and Marilyn, but they wanted to bring in Yvonne DiCarlo. And they wanted to get another kid, and my agent convinced them to fly me in from Illinois, where I had been living with my grandmother going through the fifth grade. And that's when I came back to the airport. They, my uncle picked me up, took me to the studio, and I did a screen test, which they then said, don't go back to the airport. Make arrangements to stay here, since my family was living in D.C., because my stepdad was playing pro ball for the senators back then. I wound up living with my uncle and hiring a woman to take me to work. Wow, making it work. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I imagine at that age, you know, not only getting on a television show that's featuring these, you know, these monsters, such cool characters, but you already mentioned Yvonne DiCarlo, but to also work with uh, Fred Gwynn, Al Lewis, what was it like working next to such great talent? Well, I wasn't really familiar with Fred and Al at the time. You know, I I, I think Car 54, you know, I watched TV as a kid and I enjoyed Car 54. But um, I was impressed. I mean, I, I grew. I mean, I liked them very much as people, but I just didn't really know their acting skills at the time. I, I, they, I, I immediately found out because we worked together. But at the time, I was more impressed with just being at Universal Studios because that's where all my favorite monster movies had been made. Right. How cool that would be just to hang out. It was. How cool. Now, um, one thing that I didn't know that I read on your webpage was that your fangs were not prosthetics. They were your actual fangs. My eye teeth did stick straight out, and after the Munsters, I actually was wearing retainers during the show, uh, slowly getting them to come down. And uh, 
but yeah, I went through five or six years of retainers. Those, uh, the IT, you know, I don't know if I got hired because of them, but it certainly did not hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any standout favorite memories of being on the show? I mean, I know you said you had a great time running the lot, but as far as like filming the right. monsters, is there any standout moments uh, in your mind? When we would read scripts on Monday, uh, you know, we would film on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but we would have an easy Monday reading day just to uh, go over the script. Whenever I would see the Munster coach was going to be utilized, I always enjoyed that because it meant two things. It meant, number one, I would be riding around in the coolest car on television. Absolutely. And it, would mean, it, it means we would be outside. So I got to get a chance to get out of the soundstage, which was a pretty dark, dingy place. Sure, I imagine. I just recently also learned that uh, the Raven in the Cuckoo Clock was voiced by Mel Blanc, and we're huge fans yeah. here. Did you ever get to meet the man? Not during the shooting of the movie, but right after that, I went and did a movie when I was 14, uh, two years after the Munsters. I worked with Chuck Jones on the Phantom Toll Booth for two years and worked extensively with Mel afterwards. I see. I see. And how was and, he? And, was and, just... and, and several other voiceover, you know, Dawes Butler and Hans Conrad and June Foray, all the major voiceover people in Hollywood came out to work with Chuck on his only feature film. So I was very lucky that I got a chance to work with the, the voiceover royalty. Yeah, I would say so. How amazing. You know, not only were you on The Monsters, which was a very pivotal television show of the time, but you were also going through other shows. You were on I Dream of Genie, you were in Gunsmoke at one point, The Monkees, My Three Sons, and the list goes on. You know, I know you were young, but having been in and having your hands so in a pivotal age of television, I'd be very curious to know what you think of television today. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's just... Television is just a reflection of real time, real life. You know what I mean? Whatever, when you look at something, you can see a movie from the 30s and you can see why, you know, the, the, the wardrobe and, and the cars and, you know, and the style of which things are done are very reflective of when they were shot. So obviously the 60s were, you know, Talking Horses, Witches, Genies, Munsters, Westerns, things of that nature. Yeah, there were cop shows and there were lawyer shows, but. For the monsters and the comedy angle, it was wide open, um, wide you know, non-escape. I mean, escapism shows, non-reality-based shows were very popular because people just simply wanted to come home and laugh. And they, yeah. you know, the Flintstones were the honeymooners, and you know, all these old shows were very funny. Now today, you know, the climate of the world is so much different, and the social media and the the technology is such that it's just very different. But having stated that, there's still some basic stuff out there that, that I enjoy watching. I kind of lean towards comedies. Um, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not really a big fan. I mean, I, I sort of, I, I don't play video games, never been interested in that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm kind of old school with, with my music and my television, and I, and I watch a lot of old stuff. But the rules of engagement are still the same. You still have to prepare for a role. You still have to know your lines. You still have to do this. But the, the art form has changed quite a bit. But a lot of filmmakers today, young filmmakers, contact me to participate in their in their productions because they look at old stuff and they learn from it the way movies used to be made in the 60s is a style that they would like to emulate. It's cool how that uh, style will come back around. Like, um, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like bell-bottoms coming back into fashion, I guess, as an example. You know what I mean? Well, look at look at, uh, look at muscle cars, the, the, the retro look of... Uh, 
the Challengers and the Mustangs and, and you know things of mm-hmm. you know 50, 60 years ago. If it was hot back then, there's a very good chance it's going to be hot. You know, it's going to be hot again, or it'll be valuable. If you had a very cool car, if you ever, if, you know, when you're a kid and you look at something that's really cool, there's a very good chance it will be cool again. Now, after the uh, monsters had ended, you got into playing music. In like 1975, you start playing the bass guitar. Is that correct? I had a bass guitar given to me. I asked for a bass guitar on my 18th. Uh, I was 18 years old, the Christmas of uh, 69. And, excuse me, 71. And I never really took the time to, to learn it properly, but I enjoyed having it around the house to turn on and put on my lap and play and, you know, just poke around with it. Just something kind of like a therapy release. Never really, never really became very good at it. But in, uh, in 1972, after I did Lidsville, a record company contacted me about doing some teeny bop songs like David Cassidy and, uh, and Donny Osmond and Bobby Sherman type things, wow. which I had no interest in whatsoever. But they convinced me that if it did work, and I told them I don't sing, I'm not a musician, I, you know, I don't have that kind of talent. But we went ahead and did it anyway, and we, I was on American Bandstand, and I toured around the country for a year with Metro Media Records, lip-singing my way through everything, you know, long before Millie Vanilli. But, <laughs> you know, then in 1982, when, when MTV came on the air, I met another record producer who wanted to make rock videos, which I was interested in, doing videos, not so much performing in them, but producing them. But again, we didn't have any um, credits to our name, so we I wrote the lyrics to... Whatever Happened to Eddie, which was a Munster's theme, we re-recorded that with my brother, two friends, made a rock video, got it on MTV without a record deal, which from that from that point, the MTV people saw an option and, and an opportunity to make the Basement Tapes uh, TV show, which was featuring unsigned acts and their videos. Which I like to think helped. Which I like to think helped some people get some notoriety and maybe launched a few careers. Hopefully, you know, my little right. my little gift to the uh, aspiring musicians in the world. On that one, I wrote the lyrics, but my guitar player sang and my producer played the bass. So I did a triple down with Munster Manili. I like to call it. <laughs> I think we have an episode title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was fun to do it, and I know a lot of musicians, but no, I never really became uh, uh, the... Uh, I was lucky enough to have several records without actually having really any God-given talent. <laughs> That's Hollywood for you. I'd be very curious to uh, hear them, because, I mean, the few uh, singles I've heard, you know, not only uh, Whatever Happened to Eddie, but then It's Only Halloween, or just that Halloween yeah. theme, was no, all your music... It's Only Halloween... It's, it's only Halloween I did that. That was more of a Shatner-type talking through it, not really singing. As, my, as I got older, I got to the point where, like on Dickie Roberts, I sang that. It's only Halloween I sang that. So as I got older, my voice seemed to become more um, – I could, I could carry a tune better. Let's put it that way. But did all your music that you had recorded through the years, did it all carry a Halloween theme or were – No. No, we did. The first song I did on uh, for uh, American Bandstand was I.O. I.O., which basically was a BC song from a Cucumber, Com- a Cucumber Castle album that was a hit everywhere but never hit in America. And then we did a backside with I Want Sugar, which was just a very pop little bubblegum tune. Then the next time around, we did uh, Gypsy Rainbow, which was a 50s doo-wop type song. And then uh, we did Whatever Happened to Eddie with the backside of Little Monsters, which was kind of a reggae steel drum uh, little dance tune, which was actually kind of cool. That sounds cool. I'm going to have to splice in some of these, uh, some clips of some of these songs so people can hear them. Do you still yeah. play? Do you still jam at all? 
No, no, no. <laughs> don't even have don't even have a, a base right now. You know. Right. <laughs> I think next time around, if I decide to do it again, I'm just going to buy a set of drums because if nothing else, I get some exercise. There you go. I've always wanted a drum set. I think it'd be so much fun. That and annoying neighbors. <laughs> exactly. But um, another thing I wanted to touch on is uh, you have the monster, or excuse me, the monsters coach and Dragula. Are these these aren't the screen used ones, or these recreations? No, or? no. These these are called. I like to call them tribute vehicles. Okay. And they are rec- they are recreations. A gentleman uh, several years ago was hired to drive me around, and he showed up in his monster coach, dressed up as grandpa. We became friends and actually worked together uh, in the car shows uh, in the Northeast. He was from Virginia. So we did a lot of stuff where he would, you know, he would rent his cars to promoters and put them on display. I would come in to sit with the cars and do TV and radio and media to help sell tickets. And then when he retired, I, uh, I was very much interested in buying them. And we came up with a, um, a plan of which I acquired them, I just actually just paid him off last year, so yeah. Wow. I actually, you know, we we worked a private deal to where I want to uh, quite because they're really expensive. So now I, I own them both, and I'm now opening a uh, a uh, the trailer that I carry them around in. I'm selling one of the Dragulas to my club member friend, and I'm going to make the front part of the trailer an escape room with a monster theme. So when I go places now, we have the monster coach on display the merchandise out in front, and then I'll have an escape room for people that want to go through the Munster living room, the uh, the, uh, the dungeon, and deal with spot under the stairs uh, uh, for 13 minutes. That would be amazing. You have, you've already yep. got my money. Just come to Ohio. You'll get it. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be like point of purchase, 13 minutes for $13, 1313, the address of the Munster house. And uh, we hope that it'll keep people interested and occupied and have some fun while I'm doing other things. That is amazing. I cannot wait to check that out. That's going to be cool. Thank you. That's a great Thank idea. You. Now, now the, the coach was made from a Ford Model T, correct, originally? T-bucket, yes. T-bucket, 23T in the front and a 29 Touring Coupe in the back and another Model T in the middle. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, quite a like a Frankenstein of a car, right? <laughs> yep. 20 feet long. It's a big car. And this has a V8 engine in it. Uh, the original had a small block Ford. Mine has a big block Chevy. Have you ever opened it up, taken it out, and opened it all the way up? I've done drag strips with them, but the point is, it, it, it's they both have racing motors, but the car is a show car, and sure. you know there's a lot of stuff like the lanterns on it, and the flat windscreen, and the um, the dingle balls that hang off the windshield. So you really can't do more than about seventy or eighty without everything starting to rattle. And if I if I really wanted to race it, yeah, I could. The Dragula, especially, would probably be a ten second car, maybe even a yeah, probably a mid ten a mid ten second car, which is pretty fast. Yeah, that that's cool. That's so neat. I'd love to see. I'd be very curious to see top speeds on those. But of course, they're show cars. We can't we can't ruin them. I get that. Mm-hmm. And now uh, one more question here for you. It was rumored in 2017 there had been talks uh, NBC might reboot the monsters. Had you heard anything about this? We actually met with Seth. Uh, it's, um, oh, who's who's uh, Seth Myers? Um, yes, thank you, Seth Myers. Uh, Seth Myers has the rights to it. We met with his right-hand man in Hollywood about it because I offered the fact that if they need anything that I had, I would be more happy to loan it to them or rent it to them or give them some ideas for storylines, which I did. They wanted to bring them back to New York City, make them like the Brooklyn Munsters or something. 
Uh, nothing has happened with that. And then six years ago, uh, Mockingbird Lane was done by Brian Singer of X-Men fame and Brian Fuller of uh, Dead Like Me and Pushing Daisies. They put together one with uh, Portia de Rossi, Jerry Connor, Jerry O'Connell, and Eddie Izzard that they spent $10 million on the pilot, and it didn't get picked up. So Ooh. I don't see Universal ever really – I don't know what the deal is with it or why the powers that be that make the decisions. But if those, if those guys couldn't pull it off with that kind of a budget and Universal still didn't do it, I don't think it's going to happen. I know the Wayans brothers had the rights to it for several years and never got it off the ground either. So – you never know. Well, it'd be interesting to see for sure. It'd be it'd be cool to see. But mm-hmm. man, this has been so much fun having you on the show. I want to thank you again oh, and just wish you a happy Halloween. Well, here's a thank you to anybody, any of your listeners. If you go to Munsters.com or you want to join the official Munsters fan group or you want to look at the store, the Munster store, please just visit us at Munsters.com. I've had it for like 30 years and it's very easy to, easy to operate through and it's family friendly for the fan group. Yeah, and a cool website. I can vouch for it. So that's awesome. No, thank you. All right, everyone. So there it was again, the interview with Butch Patrick. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're in the Halloween mood from all the antics we've been uh, giving you here. Our spooky stories, our cereal tastings, and your monsters. So... Uh, big happy Halloween to everybody here. Yeah. I hope you guys all have a safe one if you do end up going out. And may your uh, holiday be blessed with more Frankenberry. <laughs> That's all I can say. Our Count Chocula. Jack is really giving that Count Chocula a run for its money. Yeah. And who could blame him? This is the first time he's tasting. It's like the first time having a cheeseburger or something, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You enjoy it, Jack. We're gonna he make likes him it. Wash his mouth out with Listerine. And you'll get to hear some blood curdling screams. Hey, Mikey. Here. He likes it. All right. So uh, don't forget to uh, check in on Butch at uh, themonsters.com or just monsters.com rather. And uh, everything he's got going on, appearances, booking information, stuff like that, because uh, there's a good chance he makes he makes his rounds. He gets yeah. out. He talks to the fans. You know, that's something that's kind of rare nowadays. So yeah, he seems like a really good As we've seen with Mr. Henry Winkler as of late. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. I'm saying it. <laughs> but, yeah, go to Monsters.com. Check out more on Butch Patrick. And uh, once again, don't forget about the uh, Kickstarter for Swords in Spaceships. From uh, James Morris that we mentioned in our last episode, uh, it should still be running. I think it's going till November 24th. It's a D&D type game. I don't have the details in front of me right here, but go check out that episode because I go on a bitchy rant in that episode too that I kind of enjoyed. It felt good. I needed a cigarette almost yeah. when I was done with that, mm-hmm. that rant. Felt good. Felt good. So check that out and check out the, the, the swords and spaceships. Uh, Kickstarter again going to November twenty fourth. That's for, by James Morris, and it's like a, a D and D kind of type game, role playing game, yeah. I would guess. So, calling all vendors or sponsors, Candair will be hosting the Torgs Gaming Expo next May thirtieth. Um, if anybody's interested in becoming a part of that, uh, check out torgsevents.com. That's T O R G events dot com. We'll, I'm sure we'll throw a link up. But uh, come check us out. We're going to have video game tournaments. We're going to have guests. We're going to have comics, toys, uh, pretty much anything and anything that people would like. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Very excited for it. Can't wait for it. 
All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. So again, a happy Halloween to everyone. And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, no! Don't run. It'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! So the fr- that was my stomach. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!